Blank and Jeremy Brenham. Let's go straight out to the HRNP guest line, being do- being joined by DJ Bianime, who covers the Houston Texans for ESPN, ESPN.com. Our conversation brought to you by Houston Powder Coaters and the Golden Nugget in Lake Charles. DJ, thanks for taking a few minutes on a Tuesday afternoon, spending it with the bees. I was looking at uh, your Twitter a little bit over the weekend. You used the word special with C.J. Stroud, DJ. What have you seen from C.J. that gives you that special impression with the rookie quarterback? Yeah, um, I think based off of what just some of his teammates have told, uh, told me in terms of him being special is I think it's the fact that he's been under pressure on under pressure on like 42% of his of his dropbacks, which is a very high number. It's, I believe it's like top 10 in the league. And he still has his own interception. He's still operating the offense with a lot of efficiency. He's managing the pocket, getting the ball where it needs to go. I saw a lot of people, not a lot of people, because, you know, we like to say I'm going to do it a lot when we see a couple of people. I saw a decent amount of people on Twitter say that what CJ did against the Colts was a lot of garbage time stats. As if the drives where they led them to points, the Colts defensive backs weren't playing tight in covers and pressing at the line of scrimmage. I don't know, I don't know if Press means prevent and letting people <laughs> roll by them and giving up completions. Then, if that's the definition for prevent defense, then I guess we got two different definitions because the coach defense was not just giving CJ those throws and things of that nature. He was having to throw into windows, throw anticipation, throw in with timing, create. I think it's all those things, right? Like being able to stay on schedule. Throw it into his patient, throw into windows, knowing that your receiver hasn't cut yet. But you're throwing it to a spot, and you're expecting him to be there to the point where there's nothing that a defense can't do in terms of defending that. And I've seen a lot of that early on. And for me, like what makes a quarterback successful in the NFL is can they process, right? And process is a general term that a lot of people use in the NFL. But for me, it's mainly can you see what the defense is doing and figure out, okay, what do I need to do to react off of this, right? Can, can you do that quickly and not hold the ball? Which, again, Tinker has done a really good job at that because when you look at his time to throw numbers, when he's throwing under 2.5 seconds, he's pretty good. Like, he's completing 74% of his passes, and that's about 40% of his dropbacks. There's a few times where he's having to extend and throw when it's longer than 2.5, but when he's had to at those times when it's required it, his completion percentage has come down to 60, but he's throwing two touchdowns in those situations. So, for me, it's just been like a, the, the confirmation of the fact that CJ can play in structure, play out of structure, process quickly, get the ball where it needs to go, and put the ball in places where receivers can catch it and create after it. DJ, you mentioned what the Colts was doing, were doing defensively, and I want to bounce around a little bit to just ask you about the defense, because the defense, they didn't control Lamar Jackson, but they contained Lamar Jackson to a pretty good extent. They, they looked like they were going to be a defense that was going to build game by game. The young guys are going to get their feet wet, get more experience, you know, get their feet in the fire, and understand this is a defense that can be really good. We said that they were ahead of the offense, and that helps when you're you're a, has have a defensive minded head coach again. That on top of that, but now you look at what happened against the Colts, and, and from me to you, I'm just quite curious what happened that had them take that big step back because they just got done playing Lamar, and no Richardson isn't Lamar, but he's Lamar esque. 
And I'm just curious why they had their way from running the football to all the plays Steichen was calling and Richardson was executing. And then even Gardner Minshew was doing whatever he wanted to do, it seemed. So I would say for the Anthony Richardson proportion of the game, I think that the first drive they went down and they scored, and then they got the ball back was in the red zone. And he was able to score a touchdown off of that um, on that really nice design run. I would say for the, for when AR was out there, that when he was having success, it was all during the scripted proportions of the play uh, of the plays. Because again, like when people when coaches script, they're they sort of like about the first twelve to fifteen plays. AR when AR scored both of his touchdowns, I was still within that range. So I would say that the Texans just didn't do a good job of prepping for those some of those design runs. That's kind of what, what did him in with some of the design runs and not defending the mesh particularly well. But then when he went out and Gardner went in, I think this this, this the change up at the quarterback position. You see this in a lot of in a, in a lot of games where you go to the next quarterback, how they can have immediate success because the team had game plan solely for this particular quarterback, and now there's a new one. You know, like you and then you got to think about it too. Anthony Richardson is a totally different quarterback than Gardner Minshew. So whatever game plan you have for Anthony Richardson is just thrown out the window, and now you're kind of, um, I guess, you know, making up as you go in that moment. Because you, know, you saw in the second half, they held the Colts offense three points. They only had three. The Colts only had three first downs in the in the third quarter. The fourth quarter, I believe, they only had they only had one first down. So they only had four total first downs in the second half. And you saw that getting they held the three points. You saw it even started to kind of settle in a little bit more. Granted, you know, maybe the close to put off the gas, da 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 da. But for me, I would say defensively, um, you know, the design runs for Anthony Richardson gave some issues. But once they settled in, he got came off the game, and they had a new quarterback in. So that was a whole totally different game plan. So am I cutting them slack a little bit? That's still not excusable, but I'm just kind of explaining a little bit of how the team could, like, completely bottle Lamar Jackson in the next week you go against Anthony Richardson and Garner Minshew with less skill players and you struggle the way that they did. DJ Anime joining us on the HRP guest line brought to you by Houston Powder Coders and the Golden Nugget in Lake Charles. And to piggyback off of that, look, we talked about it yesterday. If you're you're grading Shane Steichen, D'Amico Ryan's like it was a round of boxing, I had to give it to 10 8 Shane Steichen for, for some of the reason that you mentioned, like script plays, whether it's the first couple of series, Steichen and the Colts were outclassed the Texans in those yeah. script plays. Yeah. Uh, you look yeah. at like in the fourth quarter, too, like you mentioned some of the things where adjustments were made, which is good sign for D'Amico Ryans being able to make those in-game adjustments because a lot of times you know being a, a mastermind is more in-game than the prep during the week both things are very important but I also thought when Shane Steichen did the little let's send the punt team on let's send the punt team off bring out the offense Texans desperately needed to keep all of their timeouts because they're trying to play comeback in the fourth quarter a timeout saves you 40 seconds in the future of game clock I thought that that was genius by Shane Steichen and if you're looking at two again rookie head coaches both of these guys are rookie head coaches, I thought it was a major advantage for Shane Steichen in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there were times where you could see Shane Steichen playing the, you know, just you know the, the chess game that comes within the, the the game within the game, right? Like that example you just gave on that fourth down, knowing that that was going to cost them a, a timeout because they technically even set up correctly to defend it, to defend the offense when they went out there. So, like, you had no choice but to call a timeout and end up playing, which played a factor down the stretch because the Texans were without a timeout when they were trying to make that comeback. 
So and I and I think again, like that some of the design runs kind of caught D'Amico and company off guard. Just the, the the one the second one for a touchdown, I think that kind of cut, caught them off guard. But I also think that that's a game where you kind of needed Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie out there to help with the design runs. So we know that Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie are good in the stopping in, in the run game. I think it's also factor in when you know because Darren Mitchell he completed a lot of passes. A lot of them were deacon ducks, short, short area passes. You gotta remember, Tyreek broke his hand during the game. Uh, Eric Murray left the game with a concussion. So, I think TT uh, he, he played the majority of the game. But when you're down to your third string safety at that point, it makes things a lot harder in terms of how creative you want to get in terms of defending. But yeah, no, I would say there were times, and I agree with you, there were times where string sacked and outclassed. Let me go in terms of like the chess matches that coaches have to deal with on game day. DJ, I'm curious. Let's go back to the offensive side of the football, but I'm curious. We know D'Amico's got the defense. Uh, we know Bobby Slowick has had a lot of fingers pointed at him after that game uh, against the Colts, and for a lot of reasons. But the one thing that became evident to me was I know that they made a concerted effort this whole week to say we're going to run the football. You know, Pierce didn't get enough touches. We're going to get more touches and run the football. And I felt like they forced the run too long. When they got that turnover, when they got that second score, when you're suddenly playing from behind, you know you got to sling it around the yard. And then too many times I saw first and second down runs. I saw decisions where I'm going, look, the kid shows when he, whether he has time or not that he's making the throws. You, you said it yourself. He's putting the ball where it needs to go, and at least they're moving the football. They're, they're moving the chains. I was frustrated by some of the, the, the forced run calls, especially in the second half when you're down double digits. Yeah, um, I didn't have as much of an issue with that, mainly because you don't want – I mean, see it through the ball at least 47 times yeah. or close to that. Yeah, yeah, 30 for 47. Like, we don't necessarily need the rookie throwing – over 50 times, you know, and can think about it. If you don't have those, some of those, those run calls, now you're really allowing, you're not keeping the, the, the defense honest and you're really allowing them to tee off and you're putting more pressure on. So even though the run game wasn't working, but I think at times you still have to commit to it to an extent. Um, because you never know, you might pop that one run that could be an explosive, get you into scoring your range a lot quicker than some of the passes that, that you would rather see your throw instead of, the run game, um, because again, you gotta also remember, like the offensive line was makeshift. You had four starters out, so CJ was getting beat up too because he did get sacked, I believe, five times, if not, or maybe six. I know he's been sacked eleven times for the first two games. I forgot which which one had more, but again, like he already had a short, short shoulder, shoulder. So I can understand. Still wanted to try to see if you could pop something there, but I understand the frustration of you know it's not working. Da 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 da. He's completely aired out. But, again, like, he is a rookie quarterback, and we have to also remember that component, too. Like, he's played, he's played in my eyes pretty well these first two weeks. I think this week could be a week where he regresses, right, because he's a rookie. Like, it's going to be some highs, it's going to be some lows. Last week was a high. We called him more of a media. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes up there this week and throws one touchdown, two interceptions, throws for, like, 210 yards. Like, I wouldn't be surprised by that because he's a rookie, and I expect those type of growing pains for guys like that. So I don't usually have an issue when the offensive coordinator wants to try to run the rock because I believe that you want to be as balanced as you as possible because being balanced keeps the offense, keeps the options for what you can call 
um, a lot more. There's more options there. And you keep the defense guessing, you know. So, shout out to CJ that the defense didn't necessarily have to guess and he was still able to make the throws that are required. But still, you know, you, you want to try to get something going on the ground game. DJ, one more before I leave you, because I've actually been a bit disappointed in Bobby Slowick. Uh, I've you know, a lot, a lot of long developing routes, play action. Whenever the other team does not respect the running game for a quarter for a, for an offensive line that can't protect, I'm not so sure that Bobby Slowick has has put CJ Stroud in the best position to succeed. To be honest with you, and the offense in general. Mm, okay, that's interesting. See, I I I left the the last game thinking Bobby did a, like the first game. I agree with you, right? Like, Damian Pierce barely touched the ball. The run game was non-existent. You, for the first game of CJ career, it was basically all on CJ's shoulders. But I think it's difficult. Bobby did some really creative things um, across the board. I mean, there, there was one play, I believe, might have been in the third quarter, where you had Nico Collins running a dig route, and the Colts were, like, in court, um, cover four or palms. So since there was no receiver next to Nico or tight end, the safety and the corner, they they keyed in on Nico, who's running a dig route, and they ran play action, and then they had the fullback leak out into the flat. Well, not in the flat, but yeah, he leak out the flat, he ran a wheel route, and it was open, but he was going to have that extra tip to get the ball there. So I think the designs have been have been good, right? And CJ hasn't thrown for 387, didn't go for 387, 384 last game because he was just creating out of structure the entire game. A lot of the, those throws were in structure, in rhythm, that Bobby was calling, right? It's just that, you know, when you're missing four stars in the O-line or the first game, three stars in the O-line, and you have to make shift all offensive line, that really affects what a coordinator can call and how effective things can be because when the offensive line doesn't have – like, a lot of it is about talent and – I guess that's my point, though, DJ. Is like you should shouldn't you expect that from an offensive line that's kind of patchwork? Like if you know that you're kind of calling plays for your personnel, right? Right. Yeah, but like, like they they the first game they ran a lot of quick quick action stuff. Even the second game they ran a lot of quick action stuff. But CJ didn't have to hold the ball. But there's going to be times. There were times where CJ would drop back, and Josh Johnson at the tackle was getting was was getting beat by the time. She got to the top of his drop. Like That's true. if you don't, if your own line isn't is it gonna is, is makeshift like the way it is, it's gonna affect what you can call mm-hmm. anyway. But I you still gotta call what you gotta call because at the end of the day, you're the NFL offensive lineman, and it's not like he's calling shot plays consistently down the field. He's calling intermediate plays. He's calling short, short, quick plays. Like there's been times where he's trying to call bubble screens to Chase, to Noah Brown, to Damian Pierce. There's been times where he tried to get. Thought showed the ball in the flat or over the middle. Like he's done his part in that in capacity from a pass game standpoint to mitigate against the offensive line. But at the end of the day, the run game's been not existing because you got three guys on the O line right now that are bottom tier in terms of um run block win rate according to ESPN side. So you got three guys in that category, so it makes life a lot harder in terms of trying to be in terms of trying to execute. Yeah, yeah I can't wait till he has the, uh, the the full toolbox. Like I'm excited for oh, that absolutely. once that offensive line's there. DJ, great stuff. I could talk ball with you all day. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. DJ Bianime covers the Houston Texans for ESPN.com. Brought to you, as always, by Houston Powder Coders and the Golden, Nut, uh, Golden Nugget in Lake Charles. All right. Week two quarterback power rankings. Rookie quarterback power rank. First round rookie quarterback power rankings. Don't slide into my mentions with any Will Levis mentions. We got three options here. 
Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. How do you stack up the rookie quarterback, first-round rookie quarterbacks after two weeks? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97. And Murderous Jays. Three first-round rookie quarterbacks. How do you rank them after two weeks? He's blank on Branham. You have Bryce Young, number one pick of the NFL draft. You have C.J. Stroud, number two pick of the NFL draft. You have Anthony Richardson, the number four pick of the NFL draft. Uh, grinding on coffee and whiskey, which is a man after my heart. He says, I think Stroud will be one of the offensive line wasn't as dreadful as it is. I hear you, but you got to play the hand that you're dealt. What is your top three, Blankers? How would you rank these rookie QBs? Well, I think that for right now, the only thing that goes against Anthony Richardson is he wasn't able to finish the game against the Texans. But other than that, he got better from week one to week two. He seems like he's got a firm grasp on Shane Steichen's offense, and Shane Steichen has built an offense around a player and his skill set that is incredibly effective and fun to watch. I think as much as I've never thought I'd say this, I think that Richardson is number one. I think Stroud is number two. And I think Bryce Young is a distant third. I mean, you can say everything you want to say about, well, Bryce Young doesn't have a lot of weapons around him. He doesn't have a lot of – neither does C.J. Stroud. You know, I think that the rest of the Colts roster was the most ready to win, but I thought that Richardson had the most to learn and get better and improve at before he could truly be what he might grow into being in the NFL. And so with that said, I think I would put Richardson at the top of the list because he got a win, he was a big factor early until he got knocked out, and the fact that he has been in complete control of every situation. Strouds looked really good. There's a couple of things that we both have pointed out where he probably got lucky, didn't throw a pick, did give up a fumble, didn't win any games yet. And I think Bryce Young, to me, just looks like he's got a, a whole lot of work to do. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Richardson had the best pieces around him than Stroud, though. Like, with Taylor being hurt, like, you know, they have Zach Moss at running back. Line. Eh, does he? I think so. Is that offensive line better? I mean, the Texans have, like, they've spent the most on their offensive line. Now they're hurt, well, but so is Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Taylor's hurt too, though. So, like, well, but- I think Damian Pierce is better than Zach Moss. Um, Pittman's better than anything the Texans have. But collectively, top three Texans receivers, I kind of like better than the Colts' top three. Uh, better tied in because um, the Colts guys hurt. Schultz, yeah. Better offensive line playing week two? I'll give you that. Yeah, that's I'll give you that. But, but if, like, on the roster, I would say the Texans no, 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 have a better no. offensive line. Completely healthy. So I think it's kind of close. Like, I'm just weapons saying be- around. I'm based on what's happened in the first two weeks of the season so far. Yeah. And who's played. I don't I don't think it's. Quentin a- Nelson played. He's a guard. I get it. Not yeah. a tackle, but he played, and he, he plays at a pretty, still at a pretty high level. Tunsil didn't play. Yeah, he didn't play. So I, I just think to me. In that game specifically, I'm with you. I think overall, like, if everybody's healthy, I probably give the edge to the Texans it's really really close now they have Taylor in this like kind of hypothetical but I I'm with you on this look Anthony Richardson's my my number one I can't have Stroud ahead of Richardson I know people want to gaslight you with the yards and stuff which again I'm not taking anything away from that and I agree with DJ like the only series in that whole game that was garbage time was the final possession of that game now if you throw the ball 47 times you're going to rack up yards it's just math uh quite frankly like show me some really good plays that you like a CJ stop posting his line score it's starting to annoy me quite frankly 
frankly. Now, I've liked what I've seen from C.J. Stroud, but it's not because of his passing yards and the box score. It's about specific things that he's done in a game. Now, I can't give Stroud the advantage over Anthony Richardson because Anthony Richardson had two touchdown drives in that game. I understand the second one was on one play, but why was it on one play? Because C.J. Stroud, who he's competing with in this exercise, fumbled the football right to him. Anthony Richardson had two touchdown drives in the four possessions that he played. In the last two possessions he played, he had a screw loose and was concussed. C.J. Stroud had two touchdown drives in the entire game. He had 10 points through three quarters, and Anthony Richardson had 14 points through two possessions. And again, the second series was one play. Why? Because of C.J. Stroud. So I give Anthony Richardson my top honors here. I have C.J. Stroud. I don't want to say it's a distant second, but it's not like like razor thin. A comfortable second place, and then I have a huge drop off. Uh, to like, you could fit Bryce Young in the drop off that I have between two and three. Anthony Richardson one, C.J. Stroud he, two, and then a five foot ten inch drop off to number three. Yeah. He Bryce doesn't Young. know where to line up. Yeah, see, I'm not going to uh, – that. I think we're overrated. I, I know. I think like, we're over, like, he was looking at the defense. He was reading the defense. He's going to look down at his line. He's going to figure it out. I think we're overrating that specific But point. the height matters. To me, last height night, it looked matter. like the height really mattered. I mean, it looked like it was a factor amongst all the other things. And when he wasn't, like, flushed out or getting rushed, the fact is, is the throws that were open, he wasn't making like he did at Alabama – and I just was not impressed at all last night with his performance. So no, I, I guess I'm going to be the outlier here uh, and, put, and put CJ one. Um, I, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll, we got to have homer. one homer from three to six. You know, it's because Andy Richardson. The running touchdowns are impressive, obviously, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to put a quarterback who has been less efficient passing so far this season on the season. Anthony Richardson is 30 of 47 for less than 300 yards. With one passing touchdown, one interceptions. Well, CJ was 30 of 47 with 384 in this game with two touchdowns. I think he's just been a better quarterback. Richardson's impressive as hell as a runner. Mm-hmm. But I think as a quarterback, CJ Stroud for me is still number one. How many touchdowns does Richardson have? Total? Yeah. I think four. How many does Stroud have? Two. How many touchdown drives has Richardson led? How many wins has he got? He's got to win. That's what I'm saying. He's got to win yeah, against this team at CJ Stroud's home. That's my point. But. I just I don't view like just just because he has more scores I don't think means Anthony Richardson's a better quarterback. He has more drives, he has a win, but like it'd be like saying if Justin Fields was one and one and had this ooh, stat ooh, ooh, ooh. line. So what do you want from your quarterback? Do you want, I want wins him to be a good passer. and production or do you want a guy who's going to rack up passing yards? I want him to do both and I don't think Anthony Richardson I still don't believe he can do that. Like he mm-hmm. only threw 10 passes in this game, so by default see, I'm putting CJ1 because I didn't see enough from Richardson in week one that really impressed me. As many touchdown drives as C.J. Stroud did and played one quarter. I think the big thing on Richardson, too, is is that sometimes we talk about guys over the years that don't get into the right system, and the system just isn't meant for them, and the coaches are hell-bent on not changing the system the player needs to change. He got in the ultimate system, Richardson did, for himself, for his team, Mm -hmm. and and with a coach that completely will put ego aside – but in, in, in a certain regard, get his ego boosted by the fact that he restructured an entire offense so that Richardson doesn't have to do what he can't do. He doesn't have to throw the ball into tight windows. He gets the dump downs, the underneath routes. He creates enough activity that creates the defensive eyes shifting and, and the focus moving so that Richardson doesn't have to paint it into a window he can't paint. And with that system, there's no reason to believe he can't keep doing what he was doing. I do think Stroud will be better 
for the record. Yeah, but yeah, I think oh, Stroud well, will be the best oh, of these Greer, three. I two, do too. Through two weeks, I have to give the edge to AR-15. Yeah, I, just, I, give, I give it to Stroud because if you're having to design an offense to make it so simple for a quarterback, <laughs> like he's not the better quarterback. Isn't that what a coach is supposed to do? Yes, is cater it to his personnel? Yes, like, absolutely. Look at Jalen Hurts. Like, like, would you not say Jalen Hurts is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now? Yes, but Anthony, but Jalen Hurts, we know he can throw the ball all over the place. I just don't think Anthony Richardson can do that just because <laughs> he's one and one and has more touchdown drives to me doesn't mean he's the better quarterback than CJ Stroud. I just think, but Joe, I think that the way the structure of the offense works, it allows him to get guys more open. So he doesn't have to do that. And then at a certain time when he extends a play or or he goes off script because of the fact that the defense was so hyper concerned with respecting the run and covering the first couple options, all he's got to do is throw the ball in an area and guys can run underneath it or get to it. And no. that's why I think that you know, through two Mike weeks, died. but I'm, you you know, didn't get any I audible. I, I off off scripted. I, I kept it going. No, I don't like. Like I said, like Anthony Richardson's got a better completion percentage than Stroud, by the way, through two games. Just so you know, well, he threw ten passes this week. So he got a better completion percentage. But he's thir- he's thirty or forty-seven also, on the season. Just what did you, like CJ what did you was say? In that Stroud game. had what? He, you said that Richardson what threw ten passes? Yeah, it's because he played. Two possessions with a clear head. For sure, but like that's also more like putting him ahead of CJ for two possessions. He just ran the ball on one of them. And Twitch is saying that you made the list. 713-780-3776. Flimsy says AR, Stroud, Bryce. Archum says CJ, AR, Bryce. Let's take one phone call on the matter. Go out to the HRMP listener line. Art, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Art? Hey, guys. I think for sure Richardson is ahead right now. And the way the game started, I was like, oh, man, the Texans are about to, you know, got lucky he got hurt because the way he was going, he was going to rush for four touchdowns and throw one or two. And can you imagine the pressure on D'Amico and on CJ seeing the opposing quarterback doing that? Other rookie, I think I think it would have been bad for the Texans, and they got lucky he got hurt. Yeah, he looked uh, unbelievable on those first two series. He, really to be. Did. he looked like a Metamux boys. I was uh, I was concerned about the rest of the game as well. Appreciate the uh, the call, Art seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six five nine nine three. How much of CJ's stats are garbage time? Just one possession. Just one possession. That final possession when they were sending a one man rush. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Cash them or trash them with the bees. What are we cashing? What are we trashing? What do you want to cash or trash? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Look, basketball season's right around the corner. We are less than 50 days from tip-off of the college basketball season. Cannot wait for that. You're going to start to see some professional basketball preseason coming up. Camp opens up here pretty soon as well. Uh, high school basketball, middle school basketball, AAU seems to be year-round right now. And you probably have a kid in one of those areas, right? AAU, middle school, high school, whatever. Maybe you just like to ball. Maybe, you like to, maybe you'd like to have a goal in your driveway or your, on your house. Who wouldn't want that? So i got to tell you about the best goals you you can find and they are the goals from pro dunk they make the highest quality basketball goals in the market better than anything you'll find down the street better than anything you find in the big box stores better than anything you'll find quite frankly in your neighborhood there are a lot of ugly goals in your neighborhood probably bringing down the property value well the goals from pro dunk will increase the property value tempered glass backboard so you can trust this quality goal breakaway rim stainless steel hardware it's height adjustable as well you can lower it down to five feet you can raise it up to 10 feet anywhere in between breakaway rim so you can hunt 
you can hang on it, you can dunk on it, keeps you safe. Also an extended overhang, so you don't have to worry about rolling your ankle on that basketball stanchion. Also, their accessories are next level. It's still hot during the day, right? You work during the day, kids have school during the day, so you're looking for something that you can use to play at night. Well, LED light kits, the accessories are next level with Pro Dunk Hoops. Backstop nets, you don't have to chase the basketball all, all around as well. You can order everything, including professional installation online. Are you like me? You're not great with a ladder. You're not great with a level. You're scared of screwing this whole thing up. Well, you don't have to worry about that because the pros from Pro Dunk will professionally install your goal at the perfect height, perfectly straight. You don't lift a finger. Let the pros at Pro Dunk do all of the work for you. Give them a call right now, 281-351-9822, and visit ProDunk.com. Hmm. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. All right. What do you want us to cash? What do you want us to trash? 713-780-ESPN. Your hot takes, your overreactions, we'll cash them or trash them. Blankers, why don't you lead us off, Age Before Beauty? Well, I feel like this is going to be called the Joe George special now because I was thinking about it previously, but now because of the last segment, C.J. Stroud is going to finish in the top 10 in yards in the NFL at the end of the season. I thought Joe might want to go top seven, but I, I, I'm just I'm going to leave it at top 10 for now. C.J. Stroud, top 10 in yards. At the end of the year, I'm getting uh, honestly, I'm getting annoyed with the gaslighting of the yards. Like, yeah, CJ Stroud's great because he threw for 370 yards in a game. You know how many times Jameis Winston's done that? You know how many times Zach Wilson's done that? You know how many times Blake Bortles has done that? A lot. Like, yards is not the best barometer for quarterback play. No, but because we talked about it last segment. Now, this too. is a good one. Um, I'm gonna. You say top seven? I, I said top ten to be safe. Oh, top ten? Yeah, <clears throat> man, that's right on the brink. I'm going to I'm going to trash it. But I think trash. it's a really good one. I think it's going to I think it's going to come down to it. Now, I just don't envision the Houston Texans throwing the ball that much all year long. Ultimately, I think they the are going to find the ability to run the ball. The line's going to get better. Maybe they're like not behind by 21 mm-hmm. points in the third quarter and they don't have to throw it 47 times. But also, like health is a big factor in top ten in passing yards. Like, sure. find me, find me fifteen quarterbacks to stay healthy the whole year. So, like, that's a factor here. I'm gonna, and I mean, CJ Stroud leads the world in sacks after two weeks in the NFL season as well. I'm gonna trash this, but trash. I don't feel comfortable doing it. I'm Good. gonna trash it as well. What? Trash, <laughs> but I think it's gonna be really close. I think it's gonna be really close too. Like he's gonna be right there because even though it's not like the ultimate barometer, if you do look at last year's top ten. Every single quarterback made the playoffs. That was in the top ten last wow. year. So it was it was Mahomes, Herbert, Brady, Cousins, Burrow, Goff. I guess the I know Goff, Goff missed didn't the make playoffs. It, yeah. So yeah. one quarterback. Josh Allen, Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. So like the top ten was still quarterbacks who had very talented offenses. I also think that's a healthy quarterback winning team correlation though. Like if you're gonna be on a top ten counting stat leaderboard, you have to be healthy. Quarterbacks that are teams that have their quarterbacks stay healthy win football games. So, like, I think that that's more healthy quarterback winning team correlation than it is like unbelievable. I mean, those of offenses the, are good. Of but. the top eleven quarterbacks last year, they all played sixteen or seventeen games. Yeah. You got no you one outside games. of that played. The closest to that was Daniel Jones played sixteen games. He was fifteenth in passing yards. And was he hurt a game, or did they hold him out in the final week? I can't remember. I feel like he was hurt. I feel like I he was remember. hurt. I want to say either an ankle or something, but I feel like he missed at least one. Todd, the injury. show, let us know. Yeah, really. I can't remember. All right, this is what I'm going to cash or trash. The Cincinnati Bengals will miss the playoffs. Ooh, 
Owen oh, two. They're getting blown out too. They've been outscored by twenty four points in two games. Is not really good at all. Burrow like strange as calf again. I saw that. Strange as calf again. Is this going to be an ongoing thing? The Cincinnati Bengals will miss who? What? Joe did. Yeah. Well, I hope he trashes this. Yeah. <laughs> he better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cincinnati, tough division. Baltimore's two and zero. Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Eh, eh, eh. Cleveland just doesn't Cincinnaty impress me no matter what the they playoffs. do. Their defense is so good, but they lost Chubb. Yeah, I've, I've Chubb really liked year. Jerome Ford last night. Jerome Ford's pretty good. How yeah. much of your fab are you throwing at Jerome Ford? I can't say. Yeah, you can't. Because there's people <laughs> in my dynasty league that work here, so I can't yeah. tip how much how I put How much in. of your fab budget are you using on Jerome Ford? The million-dollar question. Blankers, how much of your fab are you using on Jerome None. Ford? None. Okay. Because I don't do that. Uh, uh, I'm going – so, Joel, did you cash trash? I sorry. haven't done it. Oh, okay. But I, I, I think I'm going to – I'm going to trash it. I still trash. believe I believe that there's too much talent on the Cincinnati Bengals. As much as their offensive line does worry me, I, I believe that when you've got those receivers, when and, and Burrow's going to get right, um, I, I think that there's enough there's 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 enough talent for me and too much talent. I don't think that they're going to the Super Bowl, but I think that they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to squeak in. I think it's obviously an uphill climb, but I think that when right, that team is good enough to have a lot of people that prognosticated them to go a long way or get in and win a round or two, I, I think they'll make the playoffs. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be razor thin. It's going to be close. The AFC's tough too, it man. It is. Now man. the Jets like okay, maybe their their stock is being is sunk because they don't have a Chargers quarterback or 0 and 2. Browns losing Chubb, maybe their stock is sunk. Uh Chargers 0 and 2. So like the AFC's tough, but there are some playoff teams that might have been knocked out because of injuries. Patriots were a sexy like wild card team to were get they? back in. Yeah, a lot of people were like the last team in, but the Patriots will make the playoffs with yeah. a real offensive coordinator. I don't think last in that. Yeah, division. I'm not a big fan of Bill O'Brien or the Patriots offense. What was right. the take again that they're going to miss the playoffs? Miss the playoffs. I'm like, obviously trash trash this. I, I hope to. so. Um, to. But principle alone, there's part of me that thinks that the cash is the right decision because they're a moronic franchise. Ooh. Jamar Chase said before the season, if Joe Burrow has to miss five weeks, we're fine. The number one player on your team besides Joe Burrow was acknowledging in that moment how hurt he was and he shouldn't have been out there. They threw him out there. He's hurt now again. Last year, Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens were in first place in that division until Lamar got hurt. Now you're 0-2. The Ravens are 2-0. Joe Burrow is hurt again and Jamar Chase can't sniff the end zone. So like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not convinced that the Bengals are going to make the playoffs. I'm going to trash it, but like, you sound very confident. Yeah, you sure do. You sound really confident. I, just, yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I also picked the Padres to go to the World Series. How's that working out for me? <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't remember that. What you're telling me is to fade Joe George. Oh, then don't pick the Astros to go to the World Series because that was Astros over yeah. Padres. Trying to do their best. All right, what do you got for us, Joe? Uh, I'm going to go that Deshaun Watson will cause seven. Kevin Stefanski to get fired within the first eight weeks of the season. Ooh, I'm going to trash that trash. because that's too soon. Trash. There's, I don't know. There's no doubt that Stefanski is the ultimate fall guy for the Haslam's and the contract and the lack of production from Deshaun Watson, who looks kind of like he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like I was yeah, saying. He really I, sucks. I had real question marks about this dude ever getting back to the level he was once at. I just didn't think he was going to be this bad. Did you uh, see him tap the uh, referee yesterday and then denied ever touching the referee? I didn't. 
He's pretty good at denying, isn't he? Yeah, he you know, yeah, in more ways than one. They said no penalty. They said no suspension today. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I didn't touch the ref when he very clearly kind very of nudged clearly. him. Like, I don't think he was suspension worthy, but I mean, he touched him. He nudged him. Now, the, the play that he face masked the Steeler defender. Which one? Dirty. He did it twice? He did it twice. I only saw the one. Yeah, he did it twice last night. I didn't realize Yeah, that. I wasn't watching the game that was, close because I was dialed into the Astros. Clearly frustrated. What I saw of him looked really bad for a guy that's paid like he should be really good. He sucks. Yeah, and the fall guy's going to be Stefanski. I think eight games is too soon, but I think by the end of the season, Stefanski's going to be looking for work. Yeah, I think they'll let him finish the year. I don't, I don't think he'll get fired by weekend. I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think now. I mean, Chubb is a major loss, but I still think they're going to flirt with a 500 record. And why would Stroud be the reason after week eight? No, Watson. Watson. Oh, Watson. I thought you said Stroud. All right, that's my bad. I don't think. I think it's too soon. Like Joe said, let's get one from the call board here. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Travis, you're in the hive. What do you want us to cash or trash? Hey, gentlemen, how y'all doing? What's up, man? Hey, it's, it's actually a, a trash and a little bit of cash because the only person that's going to cash is that douche down at the furniture store. I won't give him the satisfaction. I'm- oh, he got hung up on I was really interested to see where was that, that was going to go. the potty mouth that he wasn't supposed to use, Joe? No, that's a borderliner and plus, you never know. I really want to know what was happening at the furniture store now. I really want to know. Are we to assume that's Text the guy that in. saves you money? Text yeah. it in, 713-780-3776. Finish that story after – I'm gonna just going to put it on Joe's plate. After Joe prematurely cuts you off. Because we don't have – we, we don't have hang-up buttons here. It's is it, It's not. It's a fact. might not be fair, but it's a fact. Here's one from Brandon T. I was a little T. curious where that was going. I was really curious where that yeah. was going. He's the only person that's going to cash from the Astros is Mattress Mac because he's going to steal everyone's he's money. He's calling you back here. Brandon T., cash or trash? D'Amico right. and Stroud will win a Super Bowl together. D'Amico and Stroud will win a Super Bowl together? Cash or trash? I'm going to trash that. Uh, why not? Cash. Yes. D'Amico's going to lead the Texans to the promised land, and C.J. Stroud is going to be a top-five quarterback. Bulls on parade. Stroud top and D'Amico. five quarterback? I think he's got potential to be. Yeah. I'm going to cash it. I'm going to cash it. Why not? It'll be boring. If I trash this, it'll be boring. What a miserable well, existence. I'm boring. There you go. I just don't see it happening. I hope, I, I hope I'm wrong. You said it, not me. Did well, you? You, know, you kind of did. Did you cash it too, Joe? Yeah, I cashed it. All right. Yeah, they're, they'll win a Super Bowl together. All right. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN Monday Night Football. Lots to dive in with Monday Night Football yesterday. We mentioned the Chubb leg injury. We mentioned Deshaun stinking. We mentioned Bryce not being very good as well. Also, how about the doubleheader? Uh, an hour separation. How you feeling about Monday Night Football not being a standalone game? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer Bees. ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Hey, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about my good people at mybookie.ag. I love mybookie.ag because they've always got something going on and promos and specials and, and bonuses that make it even more interesting for their customers to get involved and have some fun and have more chances to win. It's absolutely fantastic. And I've told you about the live dealers and the casino games that are going on when there's no games to be played. But there's always plenty of games to be played. You know that there's soccer and there's UFC and there's plenty of college and pro football. And you need a place that when you go to it to put your money through it, you know that you're going to get paid when you win, that you're going to have a safe and secure place for your money to be, and that you're going to have someone that looks out for you every step of the way. And they do. Always remember that promo code BET975 because that's the key to opening everything up for you. You go and put money into your account. You're an existing customer and you're reloading your, your account money. And you put in the promo code, you get extra. You sign up for the first time and you put in at least 50 bucks, you get extra. Right now when you're putting in at least 50 bucks, 
you can receive up to $200 in extra cash in your account. And as I always tell you, that means that more money in your account, more games you can bet on, and more chances for you to win. And when you win, and it's that bonus money, you have to bet it just one other time, and then it's ready to be taken out, ready for you to spend, ready for you to absolutely cash in. They're absolutely fantastic. So always remember that promo code BET975 and use it whenever you can because it's to your benefit along the way. Like I said, live casino uh, dealers, they're going to be standing. What would you make of the new Monday Night Football thing? Little Phil Collins, Stapleton well, this got a lot of run too. Yeah, Stapleton over Phil Collins fired some people up. I mean, Stapleton's a very hot name right now in the entertainment industry, and a lot of people love him. And it was a good attempt on Monday Night Football. I got no problem with it. I mean, it's never going to replace Phil Collins and in, in the the best the best for the best version of that song, but. That song is outdated. It's 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 had its run. So I was fine with it. Look, Carrie Underwood to me. <laughs> what? It's, it's outdated. It's it's done. Bill Collins is but outdated. But you're fine with it? Done. Like so, but Stapleton's version of it is fine. I'm fine with it. People so you're okay with it? it? They were crucifying it. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I thought it was weird that Snoop Dogg was just like in it. <laughs> Did you notice that? Did you see the music video? Like Snoop Dogg's just like chilling, like hanging out in this Phil Collins, Chris Stapleton performance, just hanging out. It'd be nice like, if he had a little, like a little, you know, rap worked into it to more modernize the song. But no, but- it was yeah, it was so weird that <laughs> that, that, that that Snoop's just in there, like hanging out. Like yeah, I'm I'm also here to make this video look cool. Like it was bizarre. I'm all about Carrie Underwood and that open, and I don't really care about the song. But you know, whatever it is whatever it is, I'm not watching for the open. Virginia says I hate this song. Uh, King of Twitch says Stapleton better than Collins. Uh, Fishing with Dana says I now actually agree sure. with Joel. Now for sure, Phil's not hanging on by he's hanging on by a thread. Why is Fishin saying that I actually agree with Joyce? Is that like he doesn't normally agree That's with probably you? Probably true. Uh, King of Twitch Stapleton is probably one of the most talented in the industry today. He's really good. He's really mm-hmm. good. I, I don't mind the song. Like, does it fire you up? Ready, ready for Monday Night Football? I don't know. Maybe not fire you up, but maybe kind of like I don't know. Uh, not, not like Clay Walker does, right? Yeah, Clay, Clay Walker is great. Let's get ready to play. One nine three zero. I love two Monday night games. We cycle through so many games on Sunday. Why not Monday? Throw in two Sunday night games while we're at it. They do this one time a season. The beginning well, people don't. need to go. That's, they're doing it five times. Yes, they are. They're doing it again next yes, week. They are. So I, I don't mind two Monday night football games. I don't mind two Monday night football games at all. I wish there was at least. At least two hour separation. I need a double header as close to it as you can get. And I'd I rather it be that time way. on a Monday night. It's tough because it's a school night. People got to work and all those things. But the one hour difference is not enough. And I liked it on opening night when it was just opening night when they would start the first game earlier yep. and maybe a five o'clock central start. So or a five thirty, so that you can get to the second game and it's not too late. It's like watching two baseball games, one in the Eastern time zone and one on the West Coast. You get the full fill of two football games on a Monday night. That's awesome. But when you're kind of hoping that they keep the split screen up all the time and you're going back and forth, and plus there's an Astros game going on too, uh, I think you lose a lot from either game. I, I was watching the Astros on the TV, and then I had the laptop close by, and I was just flipping between the. the That's football what I was games. doing too. I was I was primarily dialed into the Astros all night, and I was checking uh, different. I had different TVs on too in my computer to just check on the two football games. Give me uh, give me a six and a nine. Give me a 6 o'clock yeah. East Coast game. That way it starts 7 there. And then give me a 9 o'clock Pacific game. That way it starts at 7 o'clock mm-hmm. there. That's that's the way you do it, in my opinion. I don't I don't like the hour stagger. And the I wish you would separate a little further. at a disadvantage playing at an odd time that they're not 
I don't think it's a disadvantage. Both teams are playing at an odd time, right? No, I'm saying, but the teams, if you're playing like West Coast and it, it, it's too late and it's or East Coast and it's too early, like don't make the East Coast teams play at like four o'clock Eastern. I mean, it's at night, ba- Like it's not a noon game. Like you're not an East Coast team traveling. But it's a to Monday. We- yeah, but that's an extra day. But I don't. I don't think. I just don't think. I think your your fans aren't going to be the same. You got everybody's got to get there at the right time. I mean, I know this from just. When working in the NBA, when they had no. the odd playoff teams, you and worked I know in the NBA. You always bang on all this. I'm not you banging. Have such a, you have such a cute little way of gimmicking it. But I, I, I just, just never it heard to it from, Speak from experience. The fact that when you have an early game, that's a really odd time. You look for a home court advantage when you're at home, or a home field advantage when you're at home. And but you these don't are get early. It as much. These are late. These are late games. I'm They're in the evening in the NFL. What, if they we did it and it was too early for an East Coast game. Or, or from a West Coast game, it's easier because it's not going to be as bad for them. But I still, I, I, I don't want to put a team at a disadvantage on a Monday and have them playing at four o'clock Eastern time. Or yeah, that's that's why like, you play the like, East. You play the you play the East Coast game at six o'clock. That way, it's seven there, and you play the West Coast game at nine o'clock. That way, it's seven there. That's what I said. Yeah, you just like strategically do the matchups. Like, like they had 49ers Rams this weekend. I know the Rams were projected to be terrible, but. You, know, you could have made that one of the Monday night games, and everyone's from the West Coast, and it's no problem at all. It's just, it's a better viewing experience. Yeah, like I just, I don't really get why they're doing this whole hour apart thing. That's not how they I, did it a couple years honestly, ago. Honestly, I think it's, I think it's the opposite of this conversation. I think that they want more teams to be involved. I think they want a full pool as opposed to being pigeonholed into East Coast early, West Coast late. Well, you know how I NBA teams count how many times they're on national TV, and that's a big like chart of where they think your team is and yeah. how much you're getting snubbed or you're getting love. I think that they've promised more national games. It's like the NBA TV games that really aren't national TV games. I think when you're in a doubleheader on a Monday night, you get more chances to say, hey, we put you on national TV this year. I don't think they care at all about the teams. I think they care about their TV contracts and what they sign. Well, there's no doubt because like last night here locally with no team, uh, no local team in either game, you got the game on ESPN and you got it on ABC 13. Mm -hmm. So you got double the run. Yeah, they want, they want, uh, I think they want the full pool of teams to choose from. That's why they're not doing the three hour separation. And I think that they're catering to ESPN ABC contract. We want more games. We'll give you more money. And they never really care about the teams. Like they have short weeks all the time. They make teams travel late, early. They're rebuttal to the teams. We're putting you on national TV. You should like it. I don't know if NFL teams think that way. Always do. uh, Why? Just like what from, are they getting out of it? From marketing and and trying to trying to build up if they have young players or talented players. And the, look, in a lot of those meetings, there's there's owners and general managers, not general managers on the football side, but like people in high ranking positions that are bitching. They don't get on national TV. They don't get enough exposure. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Though. I see NFL though. Like, like honestly, you get so much money. I think everyone would agree with me that like the four or five times the Bears are going to be on national television this year, ownership's not going to love because it's a joke and it's embarrassing. Like, I don't, like, do you think the Raiders are super excited they're going to be on national television next Sunday night with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're going to probably, well, they play the Steelers, so maybe they'll be okay. I'm just such but an like, NFL honk that it doesn't matter the game. Like, I'm going to watch, name me the two words, like, the Bears and the Jets. I, I'm all in. If that's a standalone game, I'm watching that entire game. Sorry. Fair. On a Thursday night? Yeah. Like, even if it's on a Monday yeah. night. I've like, always just been, I've always wished there was more 3 o'clock games. I hate when it's only two or three games. I agree with that because yep. it kind of ruins the red zone experience oh, into like red couple, zone's useless. And to add a caveat to that, like whatever team that you're watching, 
whenever they're the noon game, like it ruins the red zone experience. Like it's great if the tech, like I know the Texans can't do this because they're in central time zone, but it'd be great if they played more three fifteens. That way you get the red zone full experience. You don't have to worry. Like that can take front and center. That can be the main television. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Did like, you see the uh, the Nick Chubb injury? Gross. Oh, man, did you I did. see it? They did, did show the replay of it, but did you go find it on Twitter? Yeah, it was pretty easy to find. That was nasty. It, You know, and, and I, had, I had a friend of mine who doesn't look anything like Nick Chubb say, oh, you know what, there's a good chance. That there's, he, didn't, he didn't tear anything in the process. Look, my knee can do this. I go, Nick Chubb is a running back with really strong legs and really powerful legs, and your knee, when it does that and it's not supposed to, that was ugly. The uh, I'm curious now how he does not look like Nick Chubb. He is tall and skinny, and he can take his kneecap and move it around Ugh. like it's a magic eight ball. Dan in Spring says Travis Johnson has a thought about this, right, Blank? About what? Uh, I don't know the scheduling, maybe. Um, I don't remember. I, I don't know. What he, yeah, I don't. Dan in Spring oh, elaborate. Travis Johnson's uh, uh, initial comment once on the show was the fact that. The rude awakening for most football fans is that owners care about wins and losses, and they're completely wrong. That's just icing on the cake. What they really care about is the bottom line and every chance to make every dollar that they can. Oh, yeah. I think that was the one he said. That's true. true. That's very true. And and there was a lot of people when he said it for the first time that their jaw dropped, and they just couldn't believe it, and they were just like fighting back. And he's like, I'm just trying to tell you all who. And Keenan backed it up, too. I mean, there's plenty of ex-players that will tell you that all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's so obvious. Like, there's so many people that only care about – like these owners don't care about winning. Yeah. Like the, the Angelos family cares about winning in Baltimore. The football, no. the football rules though make it where even if you have an owner who like doesn't care as much about winning, they almost have to because of like the salary floor, you the just salary cap, to be there. Guys that do yeah. when you don't because like, you had Dan Snyder who made the stupid you know draft pick when the the, the due diligence was done by his football department and on draft day decided he's the owner he can do what he wants. Mm-hmm. Jerry's the general manager in Dallas, but for for every one of those two. There are owners that just kind of just go, yeah, you know, it's great, and I want my team to win, but, boy, I'd sure love seeing those, those checks rolling. Yeah, baseball's, like, a bit different. Like, you could be terrible and have a $30 million payroll. Uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit. And then just not spend any money. Football, you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRNP listener line. Are the Texans win now or the Texans rebuilding? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5.